So we're in this series called Straight Street. It's the fourth installment of our series where we are traveling with the Apostle Paul and his journeys. And I want us to go back for just a moment to the beginning of his journey, just so we understand the context of what's happening here. And for those that maybe haven't caught the rest of uh, the, the last three weeks, which you can on the podcast, I'd encourage you to do that. So Paul, whose name used to be Saul, was a religious Pharisee. And he was murdering and imprisoning followers of Jesus. He's on his way to Damascus to either kill or arrest the Christians there. But as he approached Damascus, suddenly out of nowhere, just like God likes to do, he was blinded by a light. Such a bright light that he instantly fell to the ground. And in that experience, Saul encountered the very Jesus that he was on his way to persecute. I want you to imagine that moment if you're Saul. The sheer terror of that moment, first of all. The brilliance and the glory of a risen Jesus encountering you who's trying to oppose him. A light so bright, so glorious that the presence of Jesus physically blinded him. He could not see. Acts 9, 5, and 6 says this, And Saul, blinded and laying on the ground, said, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus answered him and says, I am Jesus, the very one whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. See, I absolutely love the fact that Saul's destination remained the same. Jesus still sent him to Damascus, but his mission completely changed. I love this. The same steps forward, the same destination, but the mission completely changed. Hello? And I think that's what God is doing in your life and in my life. See, we must become blinded to who we are, to our way of thinking, so that we can see the way that Jesus intended us to see. Yes? This is an interactive message, if you haven't heard me preach before. This church should be an interactive message. Your life should be an interactive message with Jesus. And just like Heather said so well three weeks ago when she launched this series, God's given you a new identity, a new name. You are no longer Saul. You've been transformed into Paul. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thanked God for the blind moments in your life? The times where you're completely confused, you don't know which way to go, the times where you cannot see anything. See, so many times we need to be broken down and blinded to our own perspective. So we can see the perspective of Jesus. A few years ago, I was uh, traveling in Toronto, Ontario, Canada in January. Bad time to go there unless you like the snow. And I was staying at an airport hotel about two miles from the airport and had an early morning flight to, to uh, just drive my rental car to the airport and get there. Easy peasy. No problem. Well, the blizzard rolled in. A blizzard unlike anything I have ever seen before. And it was so bad that my windshield wipers could not keep up with the snow. I literally had to roll down my window and look out like a dog to try to see where I was going. I kid you, it was the most terrifying experience I've ever had in a vehicle. We, I was driving, trying, attempting to go over a flyover ramp to get to the airport, and cars were literally going further backwards than they were forwards. 
when I, my hands were shaking when I rolled into that Avis rental car lot at the airport. And then I proceeded to sit on the plane while the snow blowed in for five or six hours. It was a great day. Zero visibility. See, and I think some of us this morning are experiencing zero visibility in our lives. Maybe you feel like that right now. You can't see anything. It's dark. You, ca you can't even see through the windshield of your life. And I'm here to tell you that to thank God for that. To thank God for those moments. To thank Jesus for the dark times. You say, Chris, that sounds crazy. Yep. It just might be crazy. See, your thoughts are not his thoughts. Your ways are not his ways. And I believe strongly we need to thank God for the dark times. See, here's what I know. That God blinded Saul and then sent him to Straight Street. And what happened on Straight Street, God restored Paul's sight. Straight Street became the launching point for the rest of his life. Saul was becoming Paul. But listen, it didn't happen overnight. Your journey with Jesus is just that. It's a journey. It doesn't happen in a day, in a moment. Transformation does not happen overnight. Transformation happens by following Jesus, by taking one step and then another step and another step after him. Let's pray before we go any further. Jesus, would you blind us to our way of thinking? We want to follow you. We want to be completely transformed. We want to be different people when we exit this building than when we came in this morning. We want to be made more and more and more into your image. Would you crush our hearts? Would you stamp everything of us out of them? And then would you rebuild them brick by brick by brick? And that all of it would be completely yours. God, reset our minds so that we can see from your perspective, not ours. And all God's people, the entire church said, amen. I've entitled this message, if you're taking notes, Urgency and Opposition. Urgency and Opposition. So we're talking about Paul's journeys, right? His missionary journeys, his entire life. But we're really talking about your journey and my journey today. See, so many people struggle with their purpose in life. I know I have before. And I think we've blown this way out of proportion in our culture. We put so much pressure on ourselves to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. What do we ask our kids? What do you want to be when you grow up? As if there's a time that you stop growing or should stop growing. As if there's a time that you should stop maturing. This whole idea of retirement is ridiculous. You don't suddenly reach some pinnacle and stop. How sad that we've relegated our purpose in life, life to a title of what someone does to get a paycheck. That's insane. And I don't know about you, but I want to become more and more and more like Jesus as I grow up, not when I grow up. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's really straightforward. It's really simple. He said to his disciples, to, to the first four disciples, to Andrew and Peter and James and John on the fishing boats, he said, come and follow me. 
And he's saying the same thing to you today. It sounds really simple, right? Come and follow me. No, what he's actually saying is drop everything that you've ever known. Lose your identity of everything you've ever known. Stop doing what you've been doing and follow me completely. Leave everything behind. And like Abraham, he's calling us to a destination that we cannot see. But all we need to do is take one step at a time. We don't need to see the whole journey. We can't handle the whole journey. And Paul's on this same journey. Paul's chasing Jesus down, and at the same time, he's bringing the gospel of Jesus to people everywhere he goes. You want to know what your calling in life is? It's that right there. To step after Jesus in everything that you do. And while you're doing it, bring the light and the love of Jesus to everyone that you come in contact with. Get it? It's a lot harder to do, right, than to say. So we're in Acts 16. Fast forward now to Acts 16. And, and Paul's launching his second missionary journey. And he's, he's going out with a different team of guys this time. He's going out with Silas and with Timothy and Luke. Luke's the guy that's actually documenting this, writing it down. He wrote the book of Acts so we could follow along. And the boys are in a port city called Troas. And that night when they're in Troas, Paul has a vision. His vision is he sees this man as he's sleeping. He sees this man from Macedonia that's begging him and pleading with him to come to Macedonia and help them. And I love it because in the morning, Luke writes, so we decided. They decided as a team. Paul talked it out with his team. He said, hey, this is the vision I had. Do you think it was bad anchovies that I ate last night, or do you think it was God? And they decided to leave for Macedonia at once. Having concluded that God was calling them there to preach the good news at once. See, when God speaks, we need to step they had a sense of urgency. God spoke and they went. When the Holy Spirit prompts us to do something, do it immediately. Don't delay. See, delayed obedience is not obedience. A couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning, two weeks ago exactly, about 7.45, I was in this room. I was setting up the chairs. The, the band was on the stage setting up their stuff. And if you don't know, we... Those of us that come early and set up, there's a great setup crew. Many of you are involved, I know. But the, we pray over these chairs every week. Not for the chairs, but for the people, you, that are sitting in them. And as I was doing that, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, Heidi, Heidi was preaching that morning. Later on, she hadn't arrived at the building yet. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, text Heidi about peace. That's all I heard. Text Heidi about peace. And a verse came to my mind, and this is the verse, you'll see it on the, the screen right there. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Which is awesome, and I could go on a long rabbit trail about that, but I'm going to hold myself back. So I sent that to Heidi, and, and I didn't get this response right away. What I didn't know is at the same time that I was sending that text, David Little was 30 feet away from me up on stage doing something up here, and he heard God tell him, text Heidi about peace. And he obeyed. We both obeyed. And what that meant for Heidi in that moment was some breakthrough that she needed so she could preach later on. If you've ever preached up here, you know there's opposition. 
That's just one small example of obeying with urgency when the Holy Spirit speaks. See, if I'd have waited an hour or two, that text wouldn't have meant anything. If I had not obeyed, it wouldn't meant as much as two people simultaneously texting Heidi about peace, the encouragement she needed in that moment. I can give you a lot of examples where I didn't obey with urgency from my own life. I can give you a lot of examples where I didn't hear the Holy Spirit's voice at all because I was focused or distracted with something else. But Paul and the boys, they obeyed with urgency. Verse 11 of Acts 16 says, they boarded a boat at Troas and sailed, watch it, straight across. The journey of Paul's life that began on straight street continued in a straight path, straight towards where Jesus was calling them in that moment. See, I've come to tell you something this morning, that Jesus will make your way straight. And here's the verse that this entire message hinges on. And we're going to camp out here for a moment. It's many of your life verses. I know my wife and several others, this is one of their life verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your, say it with me, heart. You can do better than that. Heart. All right, we'll work on that. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There you go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not your mind, not your intellect. Your heart always, 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 always leads the way. Lean not on your own understanding. See, you have to lean, you have to put your weight on something other than yourself. Something more powerful than your mind can conceive. This is called faith. The substance of things that we hope for. The evidence of things that we cannot see with our physical eyes. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. What I didn't know until recently. This word acknowledge. I just skipped over it. The word acknowledge is really from the Hebrew word yada, and it means to know, yada, not to be confused with Yanni or Laurel, <laughs> yada, if you don't know what I'm referencing, then you've probably been living in a cave, Laurel, Laurel, Yanni, how many people for Yanni, see I'm a Yanni guy, how many people for Laurel, all right, we'll, wor we'll work on you, yada, it means to acknowledge, to know, the first time this Hebrew word yada is used in the scriptures is Genesis 4, verse 1. Adam, yada, Eve. That did not mean that Adam waved at Eve. It's translated Adam knew Eve in one translated translation. He did not wave at Eve. Adam became intimate with Eve. Adam, Yada, Eve. He knew her. He experienced her. It was more than a fist bump. If you get my drift. I don't know if I need to spell it out for you or what. You guys are acting like you never heard of that before. You have a lot of kids in the back there. 
See, I think we're living in this generation of casual Christianity where we just acknowledge Jesus. Hey, Jesus. What's up, Jesus? I got my Jesus fix for the month, for the year. See you at Christmas, Jesus. That is not the Christian life. We've got to stop acknowledging Jesus and start experiencing Jesus. Start yada Jesus in all our ways, on all our roads, on all our paths, on all our steps, everywhere that our life journey takes us. We need to lean on him, experience him, encounter him, become intimate with him. Experience Jesus, my friends, over everything else. And then if you're leaning on him, if you're putting your weight on him, if you're experiencing him, then he will make what is crooked straight. In all your ways, experience him. Encounter him and he will make your way straight. With Jesus, you're literally walking on straight street. That doesn't mean the journey will be easy. The life of following Jesus is both beautiful and brutal. We call it brutal. Brutal. It will cost you absolutely everything. It is not for the faint of heart. But you will gain absolutely everything. Jesus said it this way, in this world you will have many troubles. But take heart because I have overcome the world. See, we're called to walk a straight path with urgency. And I'm convinced one of the biggest tactics of our enemy is to confuse us into thinking that it's so complicated to follow Jesus, so complicated to hear his voice that we don't take that next step that we need to after him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, experience him and he will make your paths straight. See, some of you want to get everything figured out in your head first before you take a step after Jesus. You just want to get it all figured out, all the puzzle pieces sorted out in your mind. It it doesn't work that way. You've got to follow God with your heart. You want to know God's will for your life? Take the next step of faith toward Jesus. And then another one, and another one, and another one. And pretty soon after a few years, of stepping after Jesus, it becomes a lifetime of following him. And that, my friends, is called being a disciple. That's who you're called to be. Your paycheck does not reflect who you are. So back to Paul and the boys. They're urgently obeying. They're sailing on a ship from Troas to Macedonia. And after a few days, they arrive in Macedonia. And they encounter this group of women down by the, the riverbank. And one of them was an influential businesswoman named Lydia. And Lydia was listening to their conversation. And a long story short, Lydia opens her heart. She becomes a believer in Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us, Luke tells us, that the, her entire household believes in Jesus. Amazing start to their missionary journey in Macedonia. Unbelievable, the influence of this businesswoman. Unbelievable story. See, it's really easy to follow God when his wind is pushing us. It's really easy to follow God when we're experiencing those victories. 
But that's not the end of the story. A few days later, the boys encounter this slave girl who has a demonic spirit inside of her, and she, she has some masters that are using her to tell the future for money. And she's earned a lot of money for her masters over the years, I'm sure, and, and she's following Paul and the boys around, and she's shouting at them. She's shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved, which is true. But after a few days, it gets really annoying. See, even we remember back in the Tremble series, we learned that demons believe in God. They, they know the truth. They're speaking the truth. But Paul, after a few days of this, Paul is getting really, really, really annoyed. He'd been good for a while. He's getting annoyed. He gets so fed up, so exasperated that one day he turns to her and turns to the demon, actually, and says, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And, of course, the demon at the name of Jesus had to obey, and it left the girl, which is awesome, which is outstanding, except for the owners of the slave girl. They're making money off of her. Now their figurative golden goose is dead. So they're beyond angry. They are incensed. And they grab Paul and Silas and they drag them before the authorities. And this is what they say to the authorities. Verse 20, the whole city, really? The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us to, Romans to practice. Huh? Isn't it interesting that when you take ground for the kingdom of God, when demons are cast out, when darkness becomes light, all of a sudden there is massive opposition. So these guys, these owners, are completely slandering Paul and Silas. The whole city is in uproar? I don't think so. They're teaching illegal practices? What? That's madness. Lies, slander, discouragement. It's what our enemy does the best. He's been deceiving from the beginning. And these guys end up getting everyone so riled up against Paul and Silas that Luke writes in verse 22, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. A mob quickly formed because of one demon being cast out? Are you kidding me? See, many times right after God's given you the victory, evil will rise up. A mob will form out of nowhere. Hello? But listen to me. It's okay. The mob may be shouting at you. Satan may be cursing you out, but God has your back. And he will silence the critics. Jesus will defend his own name. Maybe not in the way you want him to, maybe not right away, but he will defend his name. And I'm here to tell you this morning that it's in that moment where you come face to face with opposition that you know that you're on straight street. So then the mob, the authorities, they ripped the clothes off of the backs of Paul and Silas. They were beaten with rods within an inch of their lives. They took them to prison. They put them in maximum security. It wasn't some nice, easy U.S. prison. This was an inner dungeon, a cave-like room that's underground, a dark, wet, stinking, rotten dungeon filled with the worst of the worst criminals. And just to make sure, the jailer clamped both of their legs in stocks, wooden braces that held their legs in place. And then most likely they were laying on their backs 
on the cold, wet, dark ground, which would have been excruciatingly painful because their backs had just been whipped numerous times. And their hands were probably chained down as well. Can you imagine that moment for Paul? Can you imagine what he was thinking in that moment? I wonder if he thought, God, I thought I was obeying you. I had a vision from you to come to Macedonia, didn't I? The, the wind was at our backs. We sailed straight across with urgency. Lydia and her household become believers in you, and now we're in excruciating pain, half dead, locked away in the dark, rotting dungeon with the worst of the worst prisoners. God, did I mishear you? Did I take a wrong turn somewhere? And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you feel like you're in the dark. See, here's the thing about darkness. God has a promise for you in your darkness. I want you to circle this verse in your Bibles. Write it down, highlight it, whatever you need to do, because you're going to need this. This is God speaking in Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. He says this to you. I, will, I myself will prepare your way, leveling mountains and hills, making crooked places straight. I will break down bronze gates and smash iron bars. Here's the part I want you to notice. I will give you treasures from dark, secret places. I will give you treasures from dark, secret places. And then you will know that I am the Lord and that the God of Israel has called you by name. What prison are you in this morning? I want you to think of that for just a moment. What's your bondage this morning? No one in here is completely free. What's holding you back from freedom? See, sometimes we put ourselves in prison or bondage or we get entangled with the wrong things of this world and we become trapped. But other times when you're obeying God and you're sailing straight towards him, he will lead you straight into prison. Yeah, I just said that because it's true. Sometimes the straight path of following Jesus will lead straight into bondage. But here's the thing. You're not meant to stay there. But the question is, will you trust him when the opposition comes? See, it's easy to trust Jesus in green meadows and when rainbows and unicorns are dancing around the place, when there's sunshine. But it's so much harder in the valley of the shadow of death. And this is where Paul and Silas find themselves. They had obeyed the voice of the Father, and he had led them straight into prison. No matter who you are here today, no matter if you wandered into your own prison or if you were obeying God and he led you into a prison or allowed opposition to come against you, no matter what, I have good news for you. You have another step of freedom to take towards Jesus. You are not meant to stay in prison. But here's the ultimate question. When you come against that opposition, when you're locked away, when you're in the dark, how are you going to respond? How are you currently responding to your darkness? 
to your prison cell? How are you currently responding to your chains, your bondage, your opposition? See, Paul and Silas could have done what most of us would do. They could have had a pity party. And you know what? Maybe for a while they did. We don't really know. But here's what we do know. Whatever their initial response was, we know this, that around midnight, turn to your neighbor and say midnight. Oh, that was not good. Turn to your other neighbor and say midnight. See, when I was studying this message, I asked the Holy Spirit, because this word midnight kept jumping out at me. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what is it about midnight? And I wrestled with this for days. And then I got it. You know what's interesting about midnight? It's the start of a new day. And I believe that God is saying to us today, you have a choice to make. You can choose to focus on what is happening to you, or you can choose to fix your eyes, to set your gaze on someone higher and focus on the miracle that is about to break loose. Hello? Is anybody with me this morning? See, some of us are trying to live in our old self, that old guy, that old girl. And I've got news for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he or she is dead, really dead. Don't try to bring him back to life. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you are a new creation. Your old self is dead. Church, it's time to start living in the new creation you were created to be. It's time to start living in a new day. It's time to start living past midnight. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The Greek language shows us here that they were so engaged in pouring out their hearts to God in prayer that their prayer broke out into praise. They literally exploded into song. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, experience him, encounter him, press into him, fall in love with him, even in the darkest of dungeons. Experience him, but you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fight for joy. There may be excruciating pain, but you're going to praise. You may be chained down, but you are going to explode with singing. You may be trapped, but you are going to pray like you've never prayed before. I don't know what your prison cell looks like this morning, but you do. It's time to start singing. It's time for joy to explode out of you, regardless of any circumstance that you might be facing. And here's the thing. At the same time that Paul and Silas were fighting for joy and praising God, all of the other prisoners were listening to them. Wide-eyed listening. They had never, I guarantee you, seen anything like this two half beaten and dead guys praising jesus at the top of their lungs see here's the thing someone is always watching you how you handle your circumstances someone is always watching how you represent the jesus that you claim to follow hello your breakthrough is the beginning of someone else's breakthrough. Your breakthrough is the starting point for someone else's breakthrough. Church, it's time to declare war on the darkness. 
It's time to recognize the presence of Jesus regardless of your situation, regardless of the prison that you're in, regardless of the chains that hold you down. It's time to start praising and praying him. The Bible says that he inhabits, he dwells in, he occupies the praises of his people. And Paul and Silas are just going to town in a dungeon. Prayer so strong, fervent prayer so strong that it had broken out into praise into shouting and singing to God. And I hate to break it to you, but there were no lights. There were no band. There was not an electric guitar. There was no bass. There was no piano. There was no pitch pipe. Just two beaten and broken men allowing joy to explode. is real worship. And in the midst of the singing, they were pushing past midnight. They were fighting for a new day. And then suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors, not some of them, not a few of them, all the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of Paul and Silas fell off? No, the chains of every prisoner fell off. This is not just a true story that happened 2,000 years ago. This word is living, it is alive, and it is happening in this place today. God is shaking your foundation. The prison doors that were closed, they are flying wide open. What was closed is now open in Jesus' name. And it's time, church, for chains to be broken, not tomorrow, but today, right here, right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to fight for midnight. I want you to think about that prison that you're trapped in right now. And I want you to fight with joy for freedom. Let it explode out of you. Somebody in here, somebody give God some praise right now. Come on. We are declaring war on our opposition. We are declaring war on our prison cell, our chains, and our bondage. We are fighting for midnight. We are fighting for freedom. Stand up, if you will, for just a moment. Every head bowed and eyes closed. What's holding you back from more freedom in Jesus? See, we're all on a journey towards freedom. None of us will be completely free until he returns. But we can take another step towards him. And there are chains that are being broken in this place today. I believe that. And I want to speak to three groups of people. And you may be in multiple groups, so I want you to pay attention. The first group of people, if you don't know Jesus today, he is pursuing you with reckless abandon. He died a death that should have been yours. He took a punishment that was yours, that you deserve, all because he loves you so incredibly much. 
And the only way to be reconciled with God the Father is through Jesus. It's called repentance. And it simply means that you were walking your own way and you turning towards Jesus and starting to walk to Jesus. There's no magical words that you need to say. You can just say in your heart right now, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm turning to you. Is there anybody in this place today with every head bowed and eyes closed, is there anybody in this place that would say, I need Jesus? Just lift your hand in this moment. Don't be ashamed. He was not ashamed of you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you need to come back to him today. Maybe you've stopped walking after him. Today's your day. Break the chains that are holding you back. There's another group of people you feel trapped in these chains, in this bondage, in this darkness, in this prison. You've been wandering in the wilderness for far too long, but God's given you a way out. Today is your day. Today is your day to fight past midnight. You are longing for freedom in Jesus. This message is for you. There's a third group of people. You've been faithfully following the call of Jesus. You've been following obediently with urgency. And suddenly you found yourself in the midst of a screaming mob. Beaten and thrown into prison, the opposition is fierce, and you're questioning if you actually heard God in the first place. I have news for you. You did. You did. And all you need to do is fix your eyes higher off of yourself and onto Jesus and continue praying and praising past midnight. And no matter what group of people you identify with, every one of us should identify with something there. Every one of us needs a step towards freedom. And I want to ask a big and a bold thing of you here today. Without hesitation, if you need some freedom today, just step up to the front. There's nothing magical about it. You're just saying to Jesus, I'm going to physically step where you're spiritually going to take me. I'm going to step out of my chains, out of my bondage, out of my prison, and into freedom. And I'm going to praise and pray myself out because of the power of Jesus. Nothing to do with me, all of you. None of me. See, sometimes we need to do something in the natural to activate something in the supernatural. Because our minds trick us. we got to follow God with our hearts. It's faith. The evidence of things hoped for. The evidence of things hoped for. Come on, let's praise our way out of prison today. Let's praise our way out of prison today. You may face opposition You may be chained down. You may be beaten and oppressed. You may be struck down, but I've got news for you. You are not destroyed. Fix your eyes on him. Lift your voice to him. Let the ground start shaking. It's time to push past midnight. It's time to fight for a new day. You might be surrounded by your enemy, but your enemy is surrounded by someone far greater, and his name is Jesus. Sing this out. You may be in prison today. Fight for it. Fight for it. You may be in darkness today, but you weren't meant to stay there. You got to fight for joy. You got to fight your way out out of prison. David said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through 
the valley of darkness. You're not meant to stay there. The Israelites, they had a journey of 40 days. It turned into 40 years. You can't stay there. God's made a way. His name is Jesus. you got to fight for it. And we're declaring war on some things today. We're declaring war on the spirit of legalism and religion. We declare war on you in Jesus' name. You must leave this region. You're not welcome here anymore. What was closed is now open. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the spirit of the Lord is here. We declare war on pride and jealousy and envy and lust and anger. Get out of here. In Jesus' name, we fight with love. We fight for peace. May the God of peace, he will soon, today, crush Satan under your feet. We declare war on bitterness. We're not going to be chained to the past anymore. We're breaking those chains right now in Jesus' name. Step forward to fight against bitterness. We declare war on depression right now. No longer. We're going to fight for joy, not depression. Psalm 107 says he led them from the darkness and the deepest gloom, and he snapped their chains. Does anybody believe that this morning? This is how we fight our battles. You may be surrounded. You may be in the darkness. You may be chained down. But sur surrounding what's surrounding you is someone far greater, far bigger. His name is Jesus. You're free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Don't hold back anymore. Don't hold back anymore. Step into his freedom. Declare it for yourself today. It's got to come out of you. Take a step today towards Jesus. Sing this out. Praise and pray your way out of your prison. In Jesus' name.